Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm talking to Knox. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me, Miranda. I'm so stoked. You're a self-taught musician. Was music a big part of your childhood? Yes, like mentally. I, I did not grow up playing instruments or anything like that. Just like I loved it. And I always make the joke. I always knew I loved music different than most guys, especially because when I got to like fifth grade, all my friends, they started listening to like Drake and Lil Wayne and, you know, all the rappers who I, I love all that stuff. But I was kind of stuck on like High School Musical and the Jonas Brothers. I was like, yo, this is awesome. I was like, why are we not talking about this? And so, yeah, I just I always knew that music kind of affected me a little different. And so, yeah, then I started around 19 is when I started playing and singing and doing all that stuff. So were you ever in choir or anything when you were in high school? This is actually funny. I got kicked out of choir when I was in the seventh grade because me and this kid, his name was James. We just would wreak havoc in that class. My mom was a teacher, so I kind of like, I wouldn't say I had a rebellious side. That's not the right word, but I kind of just always had that attitude like, oh, my mom's a teacher. I'm not going to get in trouble. And so, and then I got in trouble. So yeah, it was weird. I always knew I could sing higher than most guys. And so I was like, there might be something here. And even in choir, I was still like, I think I was pretty good. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. I don't know. Was music always a priority or did you also play sports? Did you also do other extracurriculars? I was a big, big sports guy. I played soccer. I played golf. Basketball was the main thing. I like loved basketball. I played, I, I still love basketball. I, I played like all year round. Yeah. And then like once I got to senior year and I realized that I wasn't going to the NBA, I was like, okay, I got to find something else to do. And that was when I picked up a guitar and <laughs> haven't put it down since. And you grew up in Tennessee? No, so I, I live in Nashville now. I've lived here for the past six years, but I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, basketball's yeah. pretty big there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ohio basketball is the best. I actually like miss it. Like there there was a big basketball tournament that just got played. It's always played on Martin Luther King weekend. It's called Flying to the Hoop. It was like my favorite thing in Ohio. And I haven't been there in like five years. And I was thinking about it the other day because I was like, dang, I'd really like to be watching those games right now. Next year, make sure your tour goes through there. <laughs> yep, time. yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So speaking of tour, you're about to kick off a headlining tour and it's already sold out. How does that feel? It's pretty surreal. It's pretty crazy. It's just like something I I never even thought. Like I kind of just was always trying to be a songwriter and that was always the goal. And so I never thought that I would be an artist at all, let alone like signed to, you know, my dream record label and having a song on the radio and all that is just like I still haven't even wrapped my head around it. It really is. I don't think it'll ever get old or not mind-blowing to me it's just like what is happening every day <laughs> so how did you get the attention of atlantic records well so i had a song called sneakers and that was the song it like had a viral dance on tiktok that was what kind of put me on their radar but then my savior his name's pete gambarg the man who signed me so he loves songwriters right and there was another artist that they were talking to her name's mary joe young she's actually the one opening my headline tour but they were talking to her and they just needed like really good songs from her well then i wrote some songs with her not knowing that she was talking to atlantic records but i had written some of her songs and when they heard those songs they were like oh these are really good we want to sign you. And then when Pete found out that I had also written those, he was like, oh, you're you're my guy. And I was telling Pete, I was like, you're my guy, dude. He's the boy. I talk to him every day and he's been the best mentor and just helping hand in all of this. And I'm signed because of him. So I'm very grateful. <laughs> so when you're writing a song, how do you decide if it's yours or if you want somebody else to do it? Oh, that was a hard question. Okay, so my friends that I write with, 
they like hate me sometimes because I am so like 90% of the time, the song is not mine. And they get so mad at me because I'll like, I'm just so particular about my stuff. My songs have to be like, the title has to be as catchy as the actual song is. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you see a song like Not the 1975 and you're like, what could this even be about? You know what I mean? And same thing with like Sneakers or same thing with, you know, Love Letter or, or any of those like Porch Lights, any of my other songs. Like, I'm just such a visual person and I feel like my songs have to have the visual part to it for it to be for me. I couldn't put out a song that was just called like Hold You or something. You know what I mean? It's like there's been a million songs that have been called that. You're, I don't know if that's even a song title, but you know what I'm saying? You prefer nouns over verbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like, I, you know, I got to have the visual. I got to see it, you know? <laughs> so in the music video for Not yeah. the 1975, there's definitely a little bit of that Maddie Healy influence in there. Of course. Why the 1975? So I got the whole idea because no joke i was in los angeles for like the second time of my life was there writing songs and it was like our second to last day me and my friend spencer who i wrote the song with we were out with some friends and i was talking to a girl at the bar i know that sounds like so cliche and dumb but it's true i swear i was talking to this girl and she like asked what i did and i told her i was a musician and she was like everybody in la is a musician like whatever and you know i was trying to be cool i was like no no i'm like signed to Atlantic Records like it's like my real real job you know like whatever and she literally told me she said okay that's cool but you'll never be Maddie Healy that was like what she said but I thought it was funny like I was like that's pretty good I was like I because I love the 1975 like love them and she was just like yeah you'll never be him though and I was like dang that's that's pretty good and then uh the next morning I literally just woke up in the she said I like your confidence but you're not the 1975 it was just stuck in my head and I like told my friend Spencer, I was like, brother, we can write a whole song around this one line. And then and then we did. And yeah, now it's on the radio, which is really crazy. Has <laughs> she ever like reached out and been like, is this song about me? You know, it's crazy. I literally, our conversation that we had was like maybe two minutes long. I don't even know if I would recognize her. I never got her name or nothing. Like, I don't even know if I would recognize her if she came up to me at a show and was like, that was me. Like, I really don't think I would. Yeah, not everybody's <laughs> going to do that. Yeah, yeah, right. They'll be like, it was me. And I'm like, was it? Like, yeah, there's just a line of girls at the backstage <laughs> entrance, just like, hi. It was me. I was, I was that person. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. Of course. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the support. And thank you for playing the song. Seriously, you have no idea how much it means.